Happy Sabbath, everyone. We want to welcome you to once again, uh, keep calm and Advent on. So yeah, I, I'm just going to start off by apologizing, guys, because apparently I did not read the fine print in YouTube. And it turns out we were supposed to use our new channel. And uh, apparently we got to wait 24 hours or something like that. So uh, I'm, I'm a little down. I'm kidding. I'm not down. I'm not down. It's just uh, I worked so hard on that one minute video. And you know how it is like I, when, whenever you're trying to do a one minute video, I don't know if you guys have ever gone through this, but literally I think I had like 25 takes on this one minute video just to get it right. And when I got it right, uploaded it, and then it turns out it's still not going to work. Got to wait 24 hours. I got it turns out I got to wait an hour for every take that I had wrong. Oh, right? no I think, way. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I think that's the punishment. So I had 24 wrong takes on a one minute video that we posted on the Instagram account. And now I got to wait 24 hours. Look at that. It's just just the way it goes. So anyways, hopefully you guys are having better days than I am. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, hey, uh, Martin, Andrew, Jason, how are you guys doing this this afternoon? better <laughs> I, I like that word better 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 I'm doing better uh, I'll, I'll you know i'll quote i'll quote some of my puerto rican friends estamos en la lucha yeah, yeah. there you go <laughs> I, I think i think, in, I think we oh, all, yeah. in victoria in victoria in victoria yeah i i think i think we all are i mean we go up and down but anyways uh we just want to welcome everybody that's watching us live uh this afternoon um, uh, we have Jaylene with the first happy Sabbath today, Jessica with the first happy Sabbath today, uh, my wife, Angie with a happy Sabbath, your wife, hey, Andrew, wife. Jasmine. Yes, I know. <laughs> with a happy Sabbath, uh, our, our sister-in-law, Marcy with a happy Sabbath, bro. We got to get the whole family on this guys. I'm going to get my wife hey, can on I here say too, something? man. I, I can say my family's in, in the living room. So <laughs> I, I just want to say, uh, uh, Jaylene, if you're listening, I haven't forgot about your T-shirt. I've been busy. this week. <laughs> hey, for the record, hey, uh, hey. speaking of speaking of Jaylene, uh, send, yeah. send us your size and and the color you want. Uh, yeah, that's it, all it, I gotta it, say right now. I should have been done like like a month ago. Um, hey. Yeah, I know, I know, but we're just following Jason's lead because we're still waiting for his shirt. Uh, and he's been, you know, he's been promising to get that shirt done in like, uh, I don't know, the past four months. Hey, but speaking of Jaylene, shout out to, uh, I, I've, I've been seeing some of the videos they've been doing on Friday night. So shout out to them. Uh, so some good stuff. Uh, also, you know, this is something we haven't done, but um, Martin, uh, tell us a little bit about your church, man, because if we wanted to hear you preach, mm -hmm. where would we do that? How would we do that? Especially well, in this world where everything's virtual. Um, well, I have three churches. All of them are on Facebook. Uh, you look up. Mm -hmm. Bay No uh, uh, Seventh Day Adventist Church in Rochester. That's uh, the English speaking. You want to go into a bilingual one? You look up uh, East Palmyra, um, also on 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 Facebook, and the other one's Geneva SDA. Now I put Geneva SDA because there's another Geneva, and that's in Geneva, like Switzerland. Oh yeah, yeah. It is an Adventist church, but it's not the Adventist church that I belong to. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, and then, uh, thankfully, also our Baino Church has a, a YouTube channel, um, also that that people can 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 watch us on there. And uh, you know, if 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 anyone has a question, I mean, I can I can easily send them the information. But uh, Baino on Facebook, East Palmyra on Facebook, uh, and uh, Geneva SDA. Nice, as well. nice, nice. We appreciate that. 
uh, Martin. And again, just uh, I'm probably going to have to put some links up on the Instagram page if anybody yeah, yeah. wants to connect and watch for sure. Um, and, and again, uh, we want to welcome everybody that's joining us. I see some people who I haven't seen. Uh, Paola. Paola uh, is on the stream today. Uh, on the chat, so uh, welcome, Paola. We haven't, I, I haven't seen Paula in a very long time, and same here, uh, a very long know, time. <laughs> uh, we, we we sent greetings to her and her husband, and and hopefully ministry is going well wherever she's at. Um, and then uh, Andrew, our father-in-law, is on. Okay, shout out, shout out to the Ramirez family, man. Come, yeah, we're going down today. the list. We're going down the list. I uh, know we just need Thea on. That's that's who we need. We need Thea and Charlie. You know what I mean. But any, anyways, um. So, guys, look, uh, we, we want to jump into this conversation. And for those of us who were trying to connect to our YouTube channel, uh, again, the, the total my, totally my mistake on that. Uh, just uh, I did not know we had to wait for 20. Actually, hours, if you and, guys could do yeah. us a favor, since you guys know and you guys are watching it live, if you want to go ahead and share it on your guys' social media platforms, so that way the people that didn't know can get the heads up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, for the next time, it's definitely going to be on that channel. And mm -hmm. so make sure that you sign up, you subscribe. Uh, we're starting to upload all the conversations that we've had in the past. So you'll be able to see them there. Some other things that Andrew has uh, done as well. Um, and, you know, you'll, you'll be seeing more content on that channel. So we are inviting you to subscribe to our Keep Calm Advent On uh, channel. And, uh, and, you know, hopefully uh, you guys will all be connected next time. Uh, but for now, you know, uh, my, my church provides a platform here. And uh, really, it's not, not so much about my church, but really about getting to as many people as we can. Uh, for the record, guys, I'm on vacation here, but I'm, I'm pumped about this topic. It has uh, given me a number of headaches thinking about it because it really has challenged the way I think about relevancy. And that's, that's what we're talking about today. So um, I know I'm, uh, I'm probably going to get killed for being on hey, vacation. Hey, hey, where's the palm trees in the background, though? No, that's not no, a background, is it? <laughs> no, that's not a background. You know, this is not Hawaii. This is not like like I don't know. Uh, You're not in a hotel somewhere. No, this is not Tahiti. And you took like a picture that. of your background and you copied and pasted yourself in there. No, <laughs> no, no. You know what? Hey, someone else is on vacation. There we go. That's what yeah, I was talking about. That. Um, all, all I want to say is that. You know, vacation sounds great talking to you guys. So that nah, was that was too cheesy. I take it back. Uh, I take it back. It's live. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, I got the. Yeah, it's no. on there. It's on the internet, so it, it's forever. It's, it's it's on there. It's forever. I can't believe I was that cheesy here. Anyways, um, so today's conversation is about a one of these um terms, one of these words, right, that we use, especially nowadays in Christianity, where we talk about relevancy or being relevant, or maybe being irrelevant. I don't know. That's, that's the way the, the, uh, the, the promo went out. It could be irrelevant, could be relevant, not sure. And we definitely want your opinion on this before we pray. Everybody who is watching us, give us, your, give us, just, give us an idea of what you think it means to be relevant as a church. We want to know what your comments are regarding that. And again, uh, please yeah, share. What is, and what does that look like? I, yeah, I want to see some like? comments on there. What, what does a relevant church look like? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we want your opinion on this, uh, but we want to get started with this conversation because we think there's going to be some interesting things about it. Um, and uh, in, in, but before we do, we're going to have a word of prayer. So uh, if it's okay with everyone, we're just going to bow our heads. Let's have a quick word of prayer and we'll, we'll begin. So let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here today uh, through this means, through, the, through this uh, platform. And uh, just basically allowing us to have this conversation that is one that is, is necessary in today's day and age. 
Uh, we pray that you bless us. And as usual, as we bring different perspectives and opinions, and as we discuss these issues and uh, involve all those who are viewing as well, uh, we pray that you may lead us to truth. And that's ultimately what we want, uh, the truth that is in Christ. We thank you for being with us. Uh, we ask that at this moment, you uh, put mind and in mind, in heart, uh, your spirit and uh, guide us. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hey, so um, I'm currently taking a class, which is really interesting. I'm, I'm taking a class and uh, it, the we haven't spoken about relevancy, but technically the class is what's happening, right? I mean, that, that's kind of the issue is where Christianity sits with culture. Um, and more often than not, whenever we start talking about the church and everything that's going around, the term that's thrown around a lot in Christian circles at leadership levels even maybe at individual levels, is relevant, right? Is relevant. And uh, there are some churches that have done things to become relevant, uh, and that varies from church to church. Uh, there are some churches, in my opinion, that have done things to become irrelevant, mm. right? And that also varies from church to church. So this is where our conversation, especially for everybody who is watching, uh, and Andrew, we before we went on live, right, uh, we, we almost want you to be as as daring as you can be and think about your church, right? Your specific church. And maybe even ask yourself, if you're watching us right now, ask yourself if you believe your church is relevant or not. And that's what we're going to be discussing, the term specifically and what scripture and, and Bible have to say. So with that being said, let's start with this actual term, guys. How do you define relevancy how do you define what it means to be relevant who's who's starting off today I'll, I'll start i'll start off a, a, a short uh, little definition i'll always starting off with definitions that i yeah, i found here uh, on google it says closely connected to or appropriate to the current time period or circumstances this is of contemporary interest I'm, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a word out there that's probably gonna make all the what is it the the Gen Zs cringe is it what's what's the 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 newest uh the uh being relevant is being hip <laughs> you could say oh, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I think that's uh that's I want to throw that one out there it put it puts a date on you <laughs> yeah <laughs> makes yeah. all that's like back to like high school with the why, why do I feel like whoever wrote that definition literally is like about 50 years old, 60 years old, talking about like 15 year olds. They knew yeah. Andrew was going to read it. Bro, that was not even the definition. That was in my vocabulary. Oh man, so we're talking about you, bro. I'm sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean it like that. Uh, okay, okay. So what, what do we pick up from that though, Andrew? Like what, what do you, how do you, how would you interpret that in our, in our layman's terms? I mean, contemporary with, the, I think it says pretty, pretty clear, it says with the times, you know, um, being relevant. I mean, I think we're, we're going to talk about this uh, more today. I mean, you know, throughout the conversation, you know, what types of different uh, relevancy there is, right? But for, for from, I guess, a layman's definition, re relevance uh, today would be with the times or with what's going on today, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, okay. What, what, Jason, what do you think? I, I think, well, I mean, I agree 100% with the term. It's just that I also think it also has to do with your area. Cause like if I go, the things I do here in California, the, 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 how can I say it? Um, 
I guess you could say my extracurricular activities I do here in California not won't necessarily be uh, relevant when I go to New York. Mm-hmm. How I talk won't necessarily, my accent, the words I know that I use, they won't necessarily be relevant in New York. Mm-hmm. So on top of just being, being um, like, well, relevant with what's going on with the culture, I think it's also relevant within your specific area. Like what are, mm-hmm. like if we're going to talk about the church, what is the needs of your community? What's, what is your community? Is your community American? Is it African-American? It is, is it Hispanic? What type of Hispanics? I think it goes down. It, it doesn't just stay at the majority, which is keeping up with the flow of what's going on around us. It also goes down to the specifics of the community. What's relevant to the community around us. For sure. For sure. Okay. Martin, you, I saw you smiling. What's up with that? Um, no, because <laughs> the moment he mentioned New York, I was like, wow, I'm going through that exact same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, okay. So I, I was looking at different, uh, definitions. The one that I came to is, uh, um, uh, the definitions are a little wordy, Sure. you know, sure. so I started to go look at uh, synonyms. One of the synonyms that really stood out to me is, um, applicable. So mm. is your church applicable mm. to the times? Now, you know, are our beliefs applicable, right? Mm-hmm. That we believe in church to the times. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and, and what Jason, what Jason said is actually on the money, you know, like um, me coming from California cannot go with the California mindset to the people here in upstate mm-hmm. New York, mind you, okay. if I was maybe in Los Angeles to New York city, there might be some type of, uh, you know, a connection, right. but right. You know, it's it's our my views, my uh, my language, my mm. way of thinking. Is it applicable not only to the time that we're living? Because we can't. I think that's narrowing it down to the people that you're speaking to, the time, the uh, the, the the culture that is surrounding you. Because we know that five years from now, the culture that we have now is going to be completely different. Completely different. You know, yeah. uh, and and so it's it's. Uh, applicable to every change to the culture at least i would see is our church relevant in that sense yeah you know that, that's interesting I, I wanted to mention uh something because you guys are uh, t- uh i think all hitting on great points you know when you think about being relevant you know uh, jason you mentioned something about the words right are we relevant you know or, or uh you martin as well you know from from california to to new york right not just in age Right. You know, because we know that sometimes when you speak to different generations of people, it could you could sound irrelevant to, to different generations, mm-hmm. depending. Right. Or even if you move to different places. But, you know, what's interesting to me is, is I think it's even possible to be relevant or irrelevant in how we think and how we process things. Mm-hmm. You know, not just the words that we speak or the things that are, are, are external. But I think that uh, relevant if we're talking about relevancy, it can extend to our mindset is our mindset today at least that we're talking about spirit well that's what we're going to talk about later you know spiritual wise or cultural wise or part of our societal wise are we how would you say it, relevant in our in, in in our processes of, of how we think about these, these things yeah so you know look when when i was looking at definitions uh, i i kind of came across uh, what you guys were thinking and and it was kind of the idea that i already had in my head before i looked up at a definition let me bring up a sports example, though. I think that all of us would appreciate. Um, for a long time during this NBA season, the Clippers were considered uh, the favorites for the NBA championship. And then they lose. 
And at this moment, as the NBA championship is being played out, the Clippers are irrelevant. Literally. They don't matter. They're not part of the conversation. They're insignificant to what's going on at this moment, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a definition that I, I found. It's uh, um, it, it, that relevant means bearing upon or connected with the matter in hand. Mm -hmm. And if anybody is wondering why I'm, I'm talking about the Clippers, yes, I am a Lakers fan. There is a bias there for sure. <laughs> okay. But more importantly is the idea that uh, there's a disconnect if you are irrelevant. There is a connection if you are relevant. And it's about what is going on at this moment. Uh, that, that's the way I see what is relevant. Sometimes when we're having a conversation or we're having a discussion on something, we'll say something like, well, that's irrelevant to this conversation, which means it doesn't matter. It doesn't bear any importance. It doesn't, it doesn't make a difference at all in what we're talking about, right? That's kind of the way we present the idea of relevant. There was another definition that said having significant and demonstrable bearing on the matter at hand, right? It has to have some significance on what is going on whether that's around us, uh, among us, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's kind of how I picked up relevancy. I, I want I want to mention something now that you're talking uh, talking about that, and maybe maybe uh, uh, where you we might be using basketball a little bit too much mm. here uh, from this illustration. You know, it's interesting that you use basketball. You know, and and for those of us who have watched basketball, not to make this too much about it, but the, there's the conversation of who is the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. Is it LeBron James or is it Michael Jordan? And depending or on Kobe which generation. Or Kobe Bryant. There you go. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Hey, all of us Laker fans, we we know, right? We're but uh, the the question then becomes, you know, depending on the generation in which you grew up, all of a sudden it reflects on your uh, on your process of of what is relevant. You know, if you talk to a young person these days and you ask them, oh, who's the who, you know who's the goat? Who's the greatest of all time? They say, oh, LeBron, because what Michael Jordan did in the past is in some cases irrelevant because they didn't grow up in that. And so applying this, you know, not to talk too much about this, you know, it's taking what we know in the past from our church history, right, and bringing some of those things to light where we are today, but making them relevant and making them, how would you say, uh, uh, appropriate or, or making them uh, sure of the yeah. times, if you can say. Well, sure, what, sure. Well, I've been thinking about it all week, obviously. And something that just like, just mind boggles me is the fact that the Adventist church and what they teach has never been in a time period where it's been more relevant than it is now. And I know we're going to get into that, but that's just something that's been on my, been on my mind. There hasn't been a time period where it's been more relevant from everything from the church talking about diet to talking about mental health to talk, talk, talking about, to talking about um, what, what's it called prophetic, prophetic things happening. It's just they're they're like it just couldn't fit in more. Yeah, and yeah, that's but, that's what throws me off because we're not there. Yes, right, and that's that's exactly what I was going to say right now, which is the the message may very well be relevant mm -hmm. to things that are going on. And yet there's some weird disconnect as to why it is that I still come across someone and they say, hey, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh, from what church? Seventh-day Adventist church. Seventh-day Adventist, what is that? Right? Like that Like that happens over and over again. And, and, and you wonder what is going on. Now, but let me say something, though. 
Um, is speaking about the church since we already brought this up. I mean, we're, we're already jumping into that. I mean, there are some things that we got to consider whether or not they are still relevant to our day today in practices that we do at the church. I wonder at times, I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm asking a very serious question. If the way we worship at times is even relevant to the world that we live in now. And I say this because a lot of times we're still bringing in things that were done 150 years ago and everything around us has changed, literally, right? And so I ask myself, and I'm not saying worship in the sense of music. I'm saying worship in the sense of, 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 of what everything in worship entails, right? Um, the function of the church, the way we go to church, the, the way uh, we, we practice church and practice outreach, etc. I mean, guys, look, I'm, as a pastor, I'm going to tell you, I find myself at times tempted to preach sermons that were preached 60 years ago in the same manner that were preached 60 years ago, knowing that the challenges of society today are completely different to what was going on 60 years ago. And yet I'm still preaching the same exact thing in the same exact way. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not even saying that this is right or wrong. All I'm asking is whether or not the question of relevancy also comes in and challenges a lot of the things that we've been doing for a while. I honestly think so. I think one of the bigger problems that we have is, as Christians in general, is the fact that a lot of us are complacent. And when things are complacent, they become irrelevant. You're just so used to it, it becomes irrelevant. And I think that's, that, that, I think that's a, as a Christian, as specifically Seventh-day Adventist, that, that's, that's an issue. Because... How many of us were born in the church? I know I was born in the church. I think if I'm right, all you guys were born in the church, right? Sort of almost, yeah. Literally, we've always heard Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Hmm. Jesus is coming soon. Oh, the, the prophecies are coming, right? I'm 27 years old, and I've been hearing that for 27 years. For 27 years. And I've talked to some of the youth that are my age or older, and to them it's just become irrelevant. Because they've always said that. They've said that for hundreds of years as an Adventist church. And where's Jesus? Hmm. And to them, it, it comes to a point where it, being Adventist is irrelevant because Jesus still hasn't come. People just keep talking about it, but Jesus still hasn't come. So it's like, what do I do now? It's oh, like, oh, I, I know yeah. he's coming. But how do I talk to them to make the, make it relevant? Because it's not, it's not, it's not even just an issue of people being outside of the uh, that church that think our message is irrelevant or that the church is irrelevant. It's sometimes even with people that go to church with us on Saturdays that that call themselves Adventists that have the same thoughts. Mm. So, that, just just for the record, that's an interesting phrase. I just want to point that out. You said, "How do we make the message relevant?" I I find that it's a very interesting phrase. Uh, it's something that I think should be explored. Sorry, Martin, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm now that listening to, to, uh, uh, Jason, um, then, then I have a, like a follow-up question, uh, even maybe it could even guide us to where we want to go or where mm -hmm. the Lord wants us to go. Um, does our message need to change in order for it to be relevant? Mm -hmm. Number That's one. Okay. And maybe and and uh because it's it's an issue of of message and an issue of how we do church 
right? How the church looks like, you know, what we present. Um, but I guess the, 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 where we, where we want to focus on is should our message change because the, the, does it need to change in order to be relevant? And the reason why I asking is because as, as, as I was listening to you guys speak, um, think about every single prophet that had been called both in the old and new Testament. They all had the same message. Repent or God's judgment will come. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, at least in the old, right. God wanted to draw them, draw people. It was relevant to every single kingdom every single nation and every single idolatrous society in the new testament it's uh jesus is coming soon jesus is coming again right right the same jesus that we saw leaving in the clouds he is coming again was it relevant then absolutely so i don't think our message needs to change to be relevant I think a change has to occur here in order for it to become relevant to us. Does, okay. does that make sense? Yeah, I th- no. yeah that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. The message does not have to change. But people want it to change. Exactly. People want it to change because they want it to conform to their standards. That's the problem with us I, I, having I, that human nature. We don't want to conform to the standards of God. If we think about the, the gospel message in, in its uh, most basic form, right, that Jesus came, right, to, as a perfect man to die for our sins, right, so that we may gain salvation, right? And we think about this idea of sin. We think about all the, the different idea, the different part uh, compartments of the gospel. And we say to ourselves, are these things relevant? Is sin something that we still deal with to this day, right? If we think about living a life of, uh, of sin, with uh, no consequences, a life where uh, uh, there is no af- uh, there, there's no uh, life after this life, then all of a sudden, you know, we start to wonder, you know, where does that lead us, right? And I don't think the question is so much is is um, th- that the message has to change. I think the message is still relevant in all those. You know, we need a savior. The idea. I think the the problem comes in is. How do we translate that to the people in our time today? How do we best, how are we most effective in our uh, uh, getting across that message to the people today? Because how they got that message across 60 years ago is not the same way, the same method that we're going to get the, the message across today. Because uh, people think differently, talk differently. There's just things that come in in culture and society that changes, right? So our message is not going to change. It's how we get that message out that I think can change according to our, uh, our culture and society. Okay. So, so, so you're saying that the issue is not so much the message as opposed to the method in which we are transmitting that. And that, and that's, that's where we lose relevancy. Or I, I, is, is that, am I yeah. hearing that correctly? Like, is that the argument yeah. that we, we're so. losing? Okay. No, look, I mean, I, I think, I think there's something valid in that. Um, it's it's interesting, Amari. Uh, I'm going to pick on on what you said for a second, if I can, sure. because you said the the message has never changed. It's always been repent, right? Um, which is true at at its basis. The message is a message of turning back to God. Mm-hmm. We are all sinners. We all must turn back to God. Mm-hmm. And yet, 
the words that have been used to convey that message have changed, which is, I'm trying to put it that way because my tendency is to say that, that the, for example, right, the, 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 the principle of turning back, of repenting and coming to the Lord never changes, but the message has, except I feel like that's just going to be confusing if I put it that way. So yeah. the, the, you, you guys understand, like, like the base message is what it is. For example, the gospel, right? As, as Andrew just put it, the gospel is what it is. But then the issue is how do we bring that about in terms that will become relevant to us today? Perhaps I, I, I maybe I would just say that I think the message does change in a sense. And, and I'm going to point to an Adventist concept that, um, that we know as present truth. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the idea that there is a specific message for a specific time that God at all times has for its people. Now, again, mm-hmm. at the end, at the end, I agree with you. Everything is or, or, repent, or, turn back or, to God. Or is it not even that the message changes, but there are all these different messages is that in every era and every generation, a different message is there's more light upon that message. No, I, I see. You know I don't, saying? I don't, well, yeah, I know. No, you're right. You're right. I, I don't want to say no to that. I'm saying, um, I don't know so much if it is about more light necessarily as it is about something that is being spotlighted. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I meant. Not like we have more of an understanding. Okay, okay, but the gotcha, spotlight gotcha. is on that on that yeah. message. So, so for example, when you look back in 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 uh in the time of the reformers, for example, in, in the Protestant Reformation, the idea was a return back to Scripture. It's not that Scripture had disappeared; it was there. You just need to return back to Scripture. That's not the problem with Adventists nowadays. Mm. Like we have the Bible, and we have, I mean, you guys can see where is this? I'm going to try to point to this right here, right. That's my row of Bibles, right, right, right on that. No, oh, man, I'm gonna get confused here. Whatever. The other that, side. That right there, right there, right there, right there. Okay. Hey, bro, that's, is that a, is that vellum papyri back there? What was that? No, that? no, I don't have I don't have vellum. I'm I'm trying to get myself a a, a two thousand year old manuscript, but uh, uh, hey, a fully bounded a uh, new Bible hasn't even been opened. That, no, that no, trying? yeah, no, not yet, not yet. <laughs> But but I can tell you, I mean, I think the Bible behind Andrew. That 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 is sitting there once again. Hey, there, there's no dust on this. Look at that. Come you on. wiped it down. You wiped it down. <laughs> yeah, all right. But but you see what I'm saying? Like the Bible, I have a bunch of Bibles here. That's not the issue anymore. And then Ellen White talks about, hey, the testimonies have come about because you guys have ignored the Bible. Mm-hmm. The reformers didn't ignore the Bible, right? It seems as if Christianity eventually has to pick up a new message. And I'm, I'm wondering, I'm only, I'm only throwing this at you guys. Could it be then that what we are preaching right now from our pulpits has to change? Not, not so much the gospel. The gospel stays the same. But, but what we are actually conveying as messages, maybe messages in, in a lowercase m, right? Not the message, but mm-hmm. messages in a lowercase m. That's what needs to change. I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing that out there. I, oh, I think that you just you just hit it on the nail because, you know, the reason why we become irrelevant, right, and this goes, goes along with what you were saying, is because just like we we're saying, there's different, all these messages that we have are things we follow in the Bible, and there we have pillars, right? But there's some in every, every generation, right, that there's spotlight on. And when we don't address those messages that that are in the spotlight, that is how we become irrelevant. If we don't talk about talk about the topics about homosexuality, pornography, uh, 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 the social justice, all these different things, right, that are arising to in, in our age, right, with technology, all these different avenues, 
right? All of a sudden, if we don't address those things that are coming to light, society is going to speak on them. And where does that leave the church? It still leaves us preaching about uh, 20, 30 years ago about uh, 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 something that was that was relevant 20, 30 years ago that at this time might not be relevant. That you know that sense. that that makes sense of uh, what Andrew is saying, and that that uh, actually I think will connect with what you were saying, Mitch. Uh, that you are tempted to preach um, a sermon or a message, right? That is what 50, 60 years old. Um, uh, you know, maybe, uh, and and I think I think we're we're heading in at least between the four of us, we 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 can come to a, a, an understanding where um, it's. All right. So every generation, you know, every generation suffers through some type of moral issue. Right. Um, and the messages that have been given will be addressing those moral issues according to each generation. Okay. So I guess in order for us, when, when, when our church becomes irrelevant is when we ignore those issues, we don't address them. Mm. You know, we don't. We, and, and maybe it's because of fear of compromise, maybe because of fear of of distraction, you know, um, because we see this like for, for the issue, for example, of prophecy. Right. There are some people that want to just focus 100 percent on prophecy and the right. others that want to focus on e and everything else and prophecy. And then right. you have these voices that say, no, but you need to do this. Yeah, but you need to do that. No. And maybe that's our fear. Maybe as a church, uh, I, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm I shared that with some of my my church leaders. You know, what is it that our church needs to hear today that's relevant to their lives? And if we can answer that question, we can start to at least become a voice that's relevant among a generation of voices that say that they're relevant. Let me, yeah, I, I, and I, I agree with what you just said. But when, when you were saying that, it just, it, another thing popped into my mind that also goes back to something that you and Jason were saying, uh, you, Martin, and Jason were saying, uh, and that's what's lived in here. So check this out. Can I put a scenario for you guys for a second? I want you to tell me like what, what the result of this is. So right now there's a massive push right all over the world, technically, on social issues, mm -hmm. specifically these issues of race, racism, discrimination, etc. Right. OK, here's my question. If and, and I would ask this question to everybody that's watching us as well live at this moment. OK. And if you dare to put your answer, I dare you to put your answer, okay? Do you believe that your church is relevant when it comes to the issue of, I'm just going to put it simple, to the issue of discrimination and prejudice, right? Mm. Do you think that your church is relevant in that? And let me, let me put it a different way before we even answer that. Are we dealing with the same issues at church that the world is dealing with? Because the moment that I invite somebody to say, hey, come to a better way of life, we will show you a better way of life at church. And they walk in leaving prejudice and racism and discrimination outside the church. And they walk in only to find racism, prejudice and discrimination in the church. Wouldn't the person logically say, well, why do I even need this in my life? If you mm -hmm. guys are the exact same thing at this moment, you, you, I, I throw that scenario at you guys. I want to hear what you guys have to say about that. Nothing. I got it. Okay. I, <laughs> no, I left it, you speechless. It goes, it goes down to what you were saying that what's left in here. Mm. Obviously, if those issues haven't been fixed in me, if I haven't allowed God to work in me with those issues, they're going to remain. And my, like, I mean, you had a sermon on this, Mitch. Like, the church isn't the building, it's us. 
So if we're messed up inside, how's the church going to be? The church in, by, uh, by, uh, by default is going to be messed up. Mm. But if we have people that are constantly working to get better, trying to get, know to, Christ, trying to, get to know Christ, well, you're going to see that too. The church isn't going to be in a dead community. The community around the church, even the immediate community, not just not just the ideological community, that literally the people around the church that live around the church are going to see that, and that's the problem. I think that's that's one of the huge problems when the when the church isn't making that impact around the people that live in that neighborhood. If they don't know that the church is there, if they don't know that there's people that are actively and proactively seeking God. That's when the church, the church itself, the church mm. members become irrelevant to that, to that, to that neighborhood. And if you go out, if you, if you go out and you invite them to come to your church, they're not going to want to. And somebody like, well, I never see you guys there. I never hear about you guys. Like, eh, I don't kind of want to go there. You know, even if our, if, if the church suffered through those issues, right. If we still deal with issues of racism, discrimination and, and, and those type of things. Um, but they, are actively applying the message that they are preaching to their own lives. Okay. I think the individual or the individuals that walk in through our church will see something that's honestly different. People that, yes, that, that, that do suffer through those things, but are actively doing something or, or seeking God so God can make that change in them. And it, it, it falls on, on how we deal with one another. You know, um, because if the church is acting the same way inside the church as the world is acting, right? Uh, speaking in the same way, uh, addressing addressing each other in the same way, we've lost our distinction between one and the other. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's it's it it's in our lifestyle. At least at least that's my belief. It's in our lifestyle where we can become relevant. You know, if we want to preach a message of health, we got to be the healthy. You know, if we if we want to preach a message, a message of seeking God when times are, are hard, we got to be that same one, you know, and and the church has to be the, 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 the for example, the the, the standard, the, the standard uh, a lifter, right? Lifting the, the standards mm-hmm. of the Lord. But if we ourselves are not doing it there, of course, anybody's going to come in. It's like, what do you guys have to offer? That's so different. You know, yeah, you say one thing, but you're not doing you're not doing what you're preaching. Oh, see, look, okay, okay and I, I'm with you. By the way, I'm I'm, I'm noticing uh, Paola's comments here, and I, I'm just going to read them out because I think they're they're valid to what you just said, Martin. Uh, she says we can still see those issues in the church because the church is a group of people. I think of Jesus and his disciples when he called them; they did leave their prejudices behind. They brought with uh, uh, prejudices behind. They brought with them. It is something we have to work on. Okay, I and I hear you guys. I'm hearing you. How long are we going to have to work on them? You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, mm. is there not a a very different Peter in Scripture? The Peter that wanted to just cut someone's head off when they were uh, uh, about to take Jesus to the cross versus the Peter who writes, hey, you guys should love one another. Like, mm. is there not a change there? See, I think the issue we are. Yes, it's true. As as people, I think we're going to make mistakes. But is or like, are these issues mistakes along the way or are they norms are they the the everyday in and out of the church you you understand what i'm saying i think that's what makes you irrelevant at the end of the day as a church is when you know we talk about 
look at the way the, the world is and this and that. And yet the world is living among us on an everyday basis. Mm -hmm. I think that's where we become irrelevant. Not when we make a mistake necessarily in the process, because the mistakes are the ones, Martin, I would argue that's where you would go in and say, hey, I'm sorry for what I did. Let's resolve this. Mm -hmm. No, I'm talking about when it's like an everyday thing. When I hear uh, members of, of the churches that I've belonged to say, we're not united. And yet the person who's saying we're not united is contributing to disunity every single Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, and at that point, man, why would I bring somebody to church at the end of the day? Like, have you ever been afraid of bringing somebody to your church because you're afraid that they'll yeah. never come back? That's not right, man. It's sad. And, that, and, that, and that's interesting uh, that you said that you use that um, in speaking about something. You're saying, how long is it going to take? Right. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of the word uh, that, I, that I, had, I had talked about a while ago, the word iniquity. Right. And I remember for the first time when I when I found out the difference between sin and iniquity, sin being something that we do right or something and breaking the law of God, while iniquity is something that is just continuous. It is sin to this. It's its most extreme level. And, you know, like we said, all, all like Paula said, all of uh, uh, the disciples had a character, had things they had to let go. But at some point they let them go. Right. And of course, that doesn't mean that that all of a sudden now they were these perfect beings, but they were uh letting these things go right and for how long are we going to stay in this position as a church in iniquity right because if, if uh, jesus takes away our sin but we're in a place of iniquity where we're just continually staying in this place you know i was sharing a, a, a verse that that was that i i found in in hebrews that just i just kept i had one of those uh god is love moments with the verse and i just kept like whoa like it just blew my mind and i was yeah. talking to my wife about it where the, the uh, it's found in Hebrews. I forgot what, where uh, exactly it says. It says, God, it, God has made perfect those who are being made holy. Mm. So profound because it doesn't say God makes perfect those who are holy. It says God makes perfect those who are being made holy. That means they are Process. in effort to let go. And I think sometimes as a church, we're stuck in that place right where we're not moving forward and that is what makes us irrelevant when we don't move forward right well just look we, we could just look at the example of the disciples they were literally with jesus at all times but even they felt they had they felt like they had certain ideas towards certain things that paul had to come mm. to to patch him up you know yeah with peter and for sure. paul and paul didn't and paul didn't he didn't spend time with jesus like that Mm -hmm. So like, it, it, it's a, it's a process, but but it's like what Mitch is saying. If it's a constant thing, where like how how Andrew said, there's a difference between a sin and between iniquity. There's a big difference. If you want to keep on living in iniquity, keep on doing it. But I mean, if you know if you know that what you're doing is a sin, and you're proactively trying to change that, I think that's what makes the difference. As compared to you knowing, oh yeah, I know I did that. Oh well, it happens. Yeah. As compared to, I'm sorry, God, help me change. I don't want to fall for this again. Mm -hmm. there, there's a big difference. And I think if someone were to come to, to the church and see that it's people that are proactively trying to change, even though they have their, their issues, even though they have their, their sins, but if there's people proactively trying to change, like you said, Mitch, that's where we stay relevant. But if it's a church that just stays in the same old, same old, same old, doesn't want to change, doesn't want to proactively seek Jesus, that's the issue. Okay. 
Go, go ahead, Martin. Yeah. No, I, I had an example. Um, a few years ago, I was invited to be a part of a youth camp. And uh, um, it was a Saturday night, I think, that we're just, they were discussing with the youth leaders at this camp. And uh, they were talking about, you know, the positions of leadership because the majority were them leaders. Um, and uh, uh, when I was talking, when we were like split up in groups, I asked them, um, I asked a question. We got into the question of like, uh, sometimes they feel embarrassed in inviting people to come to their church. Youth leaders feel embarrassed in inviting people to come to their church. And, I, and then I, I asked him, I was like, well, so have you guys ever been embarrassed of showing your friends, you know, introducing your friends to some to someone new? Some said yes, some said no. The ones who, who said no, I asked why. And they said, well, because they're good people. You know, and, I, and so I asked them, have they made mistakes? Yes. Do they treat each other sometimes not the best way? Yeah. So why do you treat them? Well, because we love each other, mm. right? We care about one another. Um, the more we... You know, the Bible says, First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 8, uh, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins, right? Um, we, I, and I go back to, to the same thing, like, uh, um, if we want to be relevant to our people, to our friends, to our, our, our the, the culture around, we must show something different, um, something that, that mm. uh, you know, Christians actually being Christ-like. You know, mm. yes, we will make mistakes. Yes, we will have uh, uh, issues among each other. But if love is our driving force to bring unity back between between each other, that's something, honestly, that the world is not giving right now. Right now, it's division. Right now, as you get yours, I will get mine. You do you. I will do me. That type of that, that, that type of thinking, you know, and 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 that's not what God that's not what God is calling us to do. Think about the, the message of of being selfless. Right now, it's about selfishness. You know, your feelings over uh, my feelings over your feelings, you know, my my desires over your desires, you know. Um, and when we when we show a, a love that reflects the one that we're actually preaching about, we can be or we can start to become relevant in this day and age. So let me I, let me I, go. Yeah, I have a go question ahead, ahead. for you guys. Yeah, because. We've been talking a lot about relevancy, right? Scripturally, or, or or whatever you may say, you know, does God call us to be relevant? Does God want us to be relevant? Because we've been talking about this uh, irrelevant, being irrelevant. Are we irrelevant? Is the church irrelevant? How it falls out of relevancy? But does God ultimately want us to be relevant? Mm -hmm. what, what do you guys think? I got you with the text, bro. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wait, hold on, let me pull it up because I don't have my physical Bible with me right now. It's in another room. Hey, I have oh, one bro. right here. I wow. have one right here. Yeah. Wow. I, I have a bunch right back here as well. <laughs> if, you, if you need. All right. Hey, by the way, Andrew, uh, you and I have the same Bible, just that mine is a little. Bit oh, older. nice. I didn't even know they had that color. I would have got that color. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Matthew, Matthew 28, verses 8, starting at verse 18. And we all know this. Sure. And Jesus came and spoke to them. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So as in regards to that question, of course, he, he asks us to be relevant. How are we going to be irrelevant and try to go sp spread the message, you know? 
us in us trying to spread the message and actively trying to introduce people to Jesus or introduce Jesus to them, I think that's 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 Jesus telling us to be be relevant, to be out there, to be known, to make him known. That's I mean, yeah. No, no, yeah. So it's it's an interesting text, I think, uh, Jason. Um, because there is that idea that we are supposed to be out there. I, 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 I thought of something else that Jesus said in the book of Matthew as well, when he talks about, in fact, I'll read it just, just because you guys know this text too. This is in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew chapter five, um, uh, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. Uh, well, the, the funny thing is that it's not just about being the salt of the earth. We all know the function of salt, et cetera. But, he, but it does say, it does say very clearly right after that. This is how I would answer your question, Andrew. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Then it says, it is then good for nothing <laughs> but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. That is Jesus' words, not mine. Mm -hmm. So when, when I read that, by the way, I want you, to, I want you guys to kind of hear this commentary on this. So I, I'm, I'm with you, Jason. We are, we are kind of like salt spread or we're supposed to be spread about everywhere. It's kind of the vision I get, right? Just kind of sprinkling yeah. salt it's everywhere. Salty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, <laughs> but not even there, right? Just everywhere around. I got you. Okay. And, and as disciples, we got to go everywhere. So there's this, there's this commentary I was reading on this text and it said, I always caught this, uh, this statement very interesting. It said, the metaphor is an evangelistic call to intermingle with the world and transform it. Yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. the idea of being salt is to be spread around everywhere. Okay? And I would argue that means to be relevant. But then Jesus says, I want you to be relevant. But if you're going to lose your distinctions that make you flavorful, you're good for nothing. Mm. You're good for nothing. And all you're good for is just for people to step all over you. Man, that right there is what I, I picture the church, the modern day North American church. I believe that is the issue that we're dealing with. I feel like he's talking to us. By the way, the text continues on saying, oh, and you are also light of the world. And you don't you gotta hide you gotta, that light. You got to finish that because what, what does it says too, which I think is also relevant to our message today. Yeah, here we go. A, a city that is on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Mm -hmm. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. You see, there's this idea that although we are out there, Jason, 100% correct. I agree with you. In our attempt to be relevant, we cannot lose our distinctiveness, right? We cannot lose what makes us Christian in the process. And I think that's where we're running into problems. I see some smiles, so I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, uh, who, who's going first? Me or you, Martin? I'll just say, I'll uh, go, just brother. Say, go, go, go. Jason, sorry. We don't even have to necessarily come at someone with the Bible. Like, hey, look, I want to introduce you to Jesus in the Bible. It's literally just our actions. Like some people like could literally see the actions that we do unto others. And even though we, we have no intention or no way of telling them, Hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. They come to us like, Hey, do you know, like, like, do you know Jesus? Do you go to church? Because they see that. So what you were know, you guys going to say? I, 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 I want to <laughs> mention this because I just, uh, another thought, you know, I think it's interesting when we look at the Bible and we say, does God want us, does Jesus want us to be irrelevant? 
and we look at all the different symbols that God uses in the Bible and how we can still uh, use those symbols till this day to understand his messages. Things like lamb, things like tent, things like sword, things that would never leave their meaning so that God could get his message across to his people through every age. Just on, that's just on a side note. But then we start to think about what Jesus said. I think what you guys said was perfect, you know, especially on the Sermon on the Mount. What was he trying to do with the Ten Commandments? He was trying to make them relevant to that time, show them that it's not just about murder. It's about what the anger, the, the what's in the heart. It's not just about, you know, a, a, a physical adultery, but it's where it starts. He was trying to make this uh, uh, um a scripture relevant. We see this many other times when he uh, talked, uh, many of the Pharisees uh, are, are uh, going back to what Moses said. And God says, well, you know, uh, uh, there's one time where he's talking about uh, the, the marriage, right? Giving up for divorce. And he says, you know, Moses said this, but now I say, right. You know, or times where, uh, where, where there, he's using uh, the example of the scripture about David, Eat the, the eating the bread that's unlawful for men and he, he's trying to use those illustrations from different parts of scripture to make it relevant to those people at that time to for a di even a different message in some cases right and i think that absolutely jesus was trying to be relevant himself and he calls us to be relevant as, as a matter of fact uh something to what you were saying mitchell about how we can't lose our identity in all that right uh paul himself in first corinthians 9 19 through 23 we all know this one it says though i am free and belonging to no one i have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible to the jews i became like a jew to win the jews to those who are under the law i became like one under the law though i myself am not under the law so as to win those under the law to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. But then he says, though I am not free from God's law, but mm. am under Christ's law. As if to say, hey, I still have my identity. Yes, I'm going to go reach people. Yes, I'm going to come down to their level. But I'm not going to lose who I am in the process. It says, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. And to the, uh, to the weak, I became weak. And it says, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessing. That's that's a that's a great that's a great text, but for two reasons. One, because it's a hundred percent truth, that makes it a great text. But two, because it is misinterpreted over and over. And over again, probably throughout the history of all Christianity since he wrote those words, right? Because what happens? Someone says, oh, I got to be with the Romans like the Romans. Mm. And they take that as, you guys know where I'm going with this. Yeah, you guys yeah. know where I'm going with this. And they take <laughs> that as, well, you know what? Let's start. Let's just start doing some of the things that are practiced among the Romans so we could be like the Romans. And that's the way that we're going to be able to reach Jesus. I, I, I love the Look, that text is... That text on its own is a full-blown conversation yeah. because, uh, look, this is this is what happens. I, I, I um, was reading an article on how uh, the idea was to make your church more relevant to millennials. Then you got to appeal to the values of millennials. And that just seems so weird to me because are we not trying to instill the values of God upon the millennials? Not not actually go with the values of millennial. I, I'm a millennial. I know what we value. And, and more often than not, it goes against God. 
Hey, let's make it very simple though, for especially for those of us who are watching uh, live, right? Music. Mm-hmm. Isn't this what we do? Now we say, you know what? It's because we've been we've been singing hymns. That is no longer relevant to this society. Therefore, let's get a Christian rock band up there. Let's have people jumping up and down. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the mentality, right? I, I would say that if the mentality is to be more like them in practice, I think they're missing the whole point in what Paul was trying to write in those texts. I, I don't know what to say you guys. I see you guys laughing. Come on. Uh, okay, so now that you, you mentioned you mentioned something like music, right? Uh, um, think about when when Israel asked for a king. Israel asked for a king because they started to look at how everybody else was acting. Sure. And they wanted to be like everybody else, even though they had a king over them. Um, and when we begin to want to going with the text when we we began wanting to reflect like the romans right right uh you know because the text i think there are parts in the text where we're absolutely are 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 almost like you people don't listen to that part like okay you're going to be part of the romans but you're not going to act like the romans sure you know um the text the text that you, that you read about the light right um it, it gives it gives a a a, a a description that those who come into your house mm -hmm. can see the light. Sure. Right. So you have to sure. draw them near. Sure. How do you draw? How do you draw people near to your home? You invite them. You 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 attract them to come in. Right. Um, the, the only and I think it's it's we want we want to be distinct. We want to be different. We want to be more Christ-like. Right. Not showing what what the world does. Right. So we have to attract them with our life, you know, because everybody else lives a certain way that obviously, you know, we, we don't, we don't believe in, you know, or we don't, we don't, we don't necessarily say, okay, that's the best way to live. God has called us to live a certain way, to practice a certain way. And it's even something that Paul reminds Timothy uh, in Timothy chapter four, verses 15 and 16, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Again, going back to what we were discussing, right? How we sometimes, you know, want to, uh, uh, if, if a person comes into our church, you know, leaving outside discrimination and all those issues of race, right? And they see that, yes, we struggle with that, but there's a, a progress that the Christian mm. in the church is going through, that God is changing, is transforming, mm. you know, um, it, it, it will attract them because if then they will want that type of change. You know, but again, it's 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 something that we have to put into practice. If we don't put it into practice as a church, as a person, as as individuals, sure, you know, we we won't be able to share that message. Sure. Now, now before before anybody else jumps in, I just want to throw out a question again to anybody who's watching us live. Here's a question: Really, we want to hear from you. Honestly, we do. Uh, I I, I want to know what do you believe makes our church irrelevant. Or answer it the other way around. What do you think could make our church more relevant, right? Because I think this is this is where we're leading this conversation to. I point to the um, uh, message that my wife put in, Angie. Uh, she said that um, that God, uh, the God that has existed from the beginning of time, continues to be relevant, and therefore a message should not change. But how we deliver that message is where it might be irrelevant. So her, I, I would assume her argument is that what makes our church irrelevant at times is how we are presenting the message. I want to hear from everybody else. What do you feel is making your church irrelevant? 
I don't want to answer to what she was saying because I think it's so so important what she's saying, how we deliver the message. Just for a show of hands, how many of us here ever pictured ourselves on a live stream conversation talking about these subjects that we talk about today? I never, I never <laughs> would have thought I, that. I, I did at, at some yeah. point in the future. I wanted it's a crazy. podcast. A podcast. Podcast, into- yeah. That's what one now, of I'm, Obviously, I'm very thankful for it, but... I mean, imagine if we could have all like sat down in the same room to do this. That would, I, I, I but I know what you mean, Andrew. Right yeah, I know what you mean. I know hey, what you're trying to say. I never, yeah. I had, I had gotten rid of social media for like what five years. So I'm like, oh no, five, yeah, something like that, five years. So I was like, to me, this is like, it's a whole other ballgame. Okay, but. Andrew, Andrew had out of nowhere not using social media. Andrew had to catch up like this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but all right, but, I still but don't this- know how to use Twitter, by the way. Yeah, I'm like, how do I don't, see the people don't. I subscribe to? It's so confusing. Don't, don't, don't get subversive to it, bro. Don't use Twitter, man. <laughs> Twitter will destroy your spirituality and the peace in your life. It's uh, all right. No. I, I, okay. I only follow a basketball connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, who 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 uh, are are just haters. Oh no. Anyways, as besides the point. So here you go. I, I I'm I I know I understand what you just said, Andrew. It is true. But how far do we begin to use? pop culture, social media, uh, practices, and things that are going on outside of the church. How much of that can we use? Where do we draw a line between, well, I guess what we would call godly relevance and what society considers relevance, right? Where, where do we draw that line? Uh, because I'll give you guys an example. Um, every once in a while, I, I like to bring in a pop culture reference whenever I'm talking to young people. So for example, the biggest thing in the world and I'm hoping we can, we can do this conversation. We were talking for everybody who's watching this. We, uh, we, we're all kind of on board of having a conversation of why Avengers is more popular than church, right? Um, and, and hey, guys, can we have that conversation, by the way? Can we tell our, 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 uh, our viewers it. that we're going to have this conversation? I'm down. Okay. All right. Listen to what they say in the comments. Yeah. Do you guys want, to have, want us to have this conversation about why Avengers is more popular than church? Why young people will, will just prefer watch Avengers than to listen to a sermon, right? What's up? But, but here's the thing. I, I like to use pop culture references, but I've heard people in the church criticize me at times because I brought in criticize a movie. Who, sorry. Criticize me, right? Because I brought in a movie or I've spoken about a famous novel or I brought in, oh, you know what? A sports example that may be relevant to many at this moment, right? And, 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 and so we try to use these things. Is there a line that we have to draw between that? What do you guys think? Sure. I, I 100% believe that there is a line that we have to draw. As a matter of fact, I have this this uh, quote here that, that perfectly uh, illustrates this right here. It's a quote from Ellen White. Um, and it says, this is, this is talking about justice. You guys probably already know where I'm going with this. It says, affiliated, affiliated to the danger already named is the danger of underestimating the justice of God. The tendency of of the modern pulpit is to strain out the divine justice from the divine benevolence, to sink benevolence into a a sentiment rather than exalt it into a principle. The new theological prism puts asunder that God has joined together. Is the divine law a good or an evil? Is it a good? It is good. Then justice is good, for it is a disposition to execute the law. From the habit of underrating the divine law and justice, the extent and the demerit of human disobedience, men easily slide into the habit of underestimating the grace which which has provided an atonement for sin. 
Thus, the gospel loses its value and, import and importance in the midst of men, and soon they are ready to practically cast aside the Bible itself. Right. So this this whole idea of of when is when is it that we draw the line, right? And I think that Paul uh, addresses that perfectly, right? He became all things to all men, but he's not. He doesn't forget that he is under God's law. Sometimes in trying to bridge the gap of relevancy, right? Whether it's this uh, this idea of God being love and God being justice, and I know this is a huge topic. If you've ever heard people that say, "Oh, well," You shouldn't preach about uh, uh, just Sin. about the justice, about the condemnation. God is love. If you want to reach people, God is love. That's what you have to preach. And I don't ag don't disagree that God is love. But in taking away parts of God's character and just highlighting one part of His character, you are underestimating the other part of His character. And ultimately, it w in doing this, we are compromising, right? What God has revealed about Himself mm -hmm. to try to be relevant with this modern day. So, you know, the, a lot of these movements about, you know, it's all about love. It's all about love. You know, we have to help people. We have to reach out to people. It's become so highlighted on, on, on reaching people and community and love that all the other side of the character of Jesus is, is not highlighted. And ultimately, like she says here, uh, the gospel loses its value uh, and importance in the mind of men and soon they are practically ready to cast aside the bible itself how many of us how many times have we talked about that you know uh the, the quote that uh, last time you know everybody's a christian until it becomes biblical right nowadays it's all about community about love about all these things but they want to cast it outside the bible and sometimes when we when we go to the extremes of trying to be relevant we run to the danger of, of falling into that Andrew, but I, I, I just want to tell you that the other side is also uh, applicable to what you're saying, which is those who only want you to preach divine justice and do not want to preach about God's love. You see, so, so I agree. There is this full-blown message that if given completely, it, 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 should, uh, it, it, should, it should make things more relevant. I don't know. I, I, I have two comments and then I'll, and then I'll keep it short. I'll keep, try to keep them short. Number one with the music part. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm from the person that, that thinks uh, uh, that yes, our hymns are still relevant. Maybe not the way we play them. Okay. But if again, talking about message and the delivery of the message, right. Uh, the, the, our, our music has wonderful, I would say timeless truths that mm -hmm. if played in a way that was more modernized, played in a way that was more modernized it would be attractive to most people now i'm not talking about we're going to be singing a, a dia santo del señor in a rocked out version you know or or or, or santo santo oh, santo man. but in a way that that i think the the current church uh, uh uh audience can actually you know you know sing along or or, or at least mm. be 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 uh enjoying as they're being sung um, the other question, what was it, uh, uh, Mitch, that, that you that you asked? Um, if, there, if you have to draw a line? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm okay with uh, oh, with the illustrations, right? Or the illustrations? Sure, sure. Where, sure, sure, the illustrations, yeah. I'm okay with using illustrations in my, in my uh, um, today I used one about the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> you know, um, but because, again, it's it's measuring your audience. Sure. You know, um, I had to, most of my, most of my audience are, are, Dude, they're in their 60s. You know, the youngest people there is Brenda and myself. You know, um, Ouch. and Ouch, and yeah. and 
the message the message has to be like it 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 it, it has the same elements it, it, it had the same thing like if i was preaching to young people but i used an example that i knew the people were going to catch on mm. you know that they were going to immediately uh, uh, identify with there are so many examples and and mind you when i was in school i was told to never use personal examples to never use sure, uh, outside sure. illustrations to only mm. use illustrations in found in the bible sure, sure. and when the professor told me, I said, yes, sir. But in my mind, I was like, I am not going to do that. Uh, just be- it is. <laughs> no, let's not, let's not put him on blast in the air. Um, but it, the, re- the reason why I even mentioned this is because I think there has to be, there has to be a line drawn when it comes to uh, using the type of illustrations we want to use and the type of music we, we listen to, but also the type of uh, um, how far we're going to, I don't like using the word compromise, but how, how far we're gonna, yeah. um, uh, how far we're gonna change, or at least uh, change the 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 look of our message, sure. in order for it to be more palpable for people. If that makes sense, I hope it made sense. Sure, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. And and that was it. And that was it. Yeah. No. Look, I I I I think it makes sense. And obviously, we're. I mentioned music because music is an easy one, but Paola, for example, brings in the issue of delivery of the message in quarantine times. And I, I've, I've come across this very, um, very interesting issue. It's, it's funny because we're using the Inland Spanish um, YouTube page, which is the what we use to basically uh, do our services since quarantine. But I want you guys to picture this, right? At this point, we know we are having people in our church that are not viewing and not connecting with us willingly. Not that they can't. They willingly will not. I know that. At the same time, we're having people who are not in our territory in other states. I know of a brother who in Arizona just every single week joins, right? Uh, some people in Peru, some people in Colombia that are watching us consistently. Now, this is where I think we run into a problem as a church because especially if we're considered a conservative church, we almost try to put the brakes on anything that pushes us forward. And in the process, it makes us irrelevant, right? Because... I'm thinking now, what would happen? I'm thinking of this brother uh, in Arizona who says one day, you know what? I want to be a member of your church. But he doesn't come to the church. He won't be able to come to the church. He's going to connect online, which mm-hmm. means that now we have, because of this, we now have opened up a another sphere of members. And those are those who connect with our online. church, not present, not in present, but virtually. And there are people who refuse to accept that as valid membership of the church, right? No, it won't work that way because you have to be active in the building of the church to actually be, I'm sorry to use the word, to be relevant to this church anyways. And I, and I, and see, this is where I think, look, Paula's comment was many of our churches were pushed to change the way we spread the message because of quarantine and delivery is definitely an area that can be irrelevant. I think this, the quarantine was bad, man. I, the, the virus is bad. All this is bad. And yet we know that God is an expert of grabbing these bad situations and pushing us to something better. I think this quarantine has been positive for the church because it's made us rethink what church is like, right? It's made us think, how do we become relevant to a society that for the record consumes their information Virtually. through their phone every single day, right? Every single day. And yet we are fighting tooth and nail to open up a building 
but we are forgetting in the process what we have opened up through the virtual. Mm -hmm. You used a word, Martin. You said modernize. How often do we reject uh, modernizing something simply because we think it means compromising? And modernizing and compromising are not the same thing. They're yeah. not. And that's why I was careful with what the words that I chose because um, it's like, it's like, and I'll give you guys an example because we were all bilingual here. When we hear about Spanish services and English services, yes. when churches want to open an English service or when yes. churches want to open a Spanish service, like in, in, one, of, in one of my churches, um, there is a fear for whatever reason. Mind you, is there a need? Absolutely. Yes. But because of that fear, it almost like the, the fear trumps the, 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 the need, mm. you know, and that's how also we become irrelevant. Yeah, I, I want to speak on this, uh, the same thing that that, uh, that you were reading from, from Paula, right, where she, at the end, she says, delivery is definitely an area that can be irrelevant. And this, to me, is huge, because I love the word that you guys use, the uh, modernize, right? Because I don't know how many, it's ever since the quarantine, if you go through your, your Facebook page, you can just scroll down and see uh, this, uh, a, a different guy in a suit and tie with a... And I don't, I don't want to say this like I don't I don't want to say this and be like rude, but like you see like the, the the old pulpit, you see the the you know you see the I don't know like you just you 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 start to wonder and you say who are they trying to uh, cater to or reach you know or how many young people you know if I'm thinking this right and like obviously I know that the me the message is what's the most important thing, but if you are scrolling down and you just see, you know, like some old school style preacher with the old school style pulpit with everything like old school. And you're just seeing those, like how many of the young people are tuning in to, to even look and hear what that person, that person could have a, a volume of, of, uh, of good things to say spiritually mm -hmm. that would help the people. But how many would even take a glance at that video just based off the environment they're in, how they look, how, you know what I'm saying? Like Andrew, and Andrew, have, and Andrew, hold on. But you know what? But take it a step further, though, j just so you can continue your thought, because I think I think it's a good one. Is it not true that if we were at church, many of those young people would sit there and listen to a message and say, this is totally nothing that makes sense in my life. Right. Here is this person dealing with issues at school. Right. Dealing with issues of self-esteem, dealing with issues of, I don't know, homosexuality. Right. Gender identity. These are real life issues that are affecting our young people. And yet every single Sabbath, the sermon, you know what the sermon's about? The sermon's about uh, the, the beast of Daniel chapter seven. And it has no application whatsoever to anything they're going to, which by the way, I believe there can be an application to what they're going through. But unfortunately it's not. We, you see what I'm saying? Like even for, forget the look, the message itself at times just goes right over the head of young people. And it's not addressing anything that, that affects them whatsoever. Is it because yeah, we, and that's we, on, on top of everything. I, I, I think with what I think is important, what I was saying is, you know, the delivery, delivery is so important. And not to say that we have something special here, right, with, uh, with the conversation that we have, like we're some special thing. But, you know, in trying to come out with these conversations that we have, we've almost tried to, okay, how can we do this where we're not so formal, where we're in suit and tie all the time, right? Where we can, oh, a young person is passing by, they'll scroll like, hey, let me watch that. You know, if you were to see a, a, a four men 
and all, or all just ties, all suited up from head to toe, right? With a background, just a church background. How many, honestly, how many young people would click on that as opposed to, you know, the vibe that we have? And at the same time, we're, tr we're trying not to be so casual on this show that we're like, oh man, no, we're losing the other side of the audience, right? Or not, you know, speak so much, you know, you know what I'm saying? So we're trying to cater... So we're trying to be creative. If you say modernize, right? This right here, in some sense, modernizes the look. What you guys do with the kids' videos, right? I think it's so cool how you you get the Bible stories and you do the the. It's only kids that are in, you know your kids that are in the in the Bible stories because you realize you have to create get creative to be able to reach a certain audience to be relevant, you know. And I think that that is something. We, we're trying not to compromise, we're trying to modernize, but at the same time, not lose our message and try to stay relevant. It's all these, we're trying to juggle it's all a, these things without losing both sides. It's you a know, fine balance. Um, there, was, there, there was a GYC that I went to. This is in 2011 when I went to this GYC. And I went into one of the plenaries that Pastor Dave Ashford had. And he said exactly, what we're talking about is exactly what he was talking about. Like, I'm glad it came to mind. And he used the phrase, we need to, as a church, modernize the church, but never change the message. And that's exactly what we have to do. We, we, we have to change how things are done to reach other people. Like, like Martin was saying with the music, like, okay, yeah, our hymns are good. They legitly have a profound message in them. But maybe how we play them, maybe it's a little too monotone for some people. Like, there's just certain things that do have to change. But don't change the the message. That's what, yeah. that's the one thing that cannot change. No matter what we do, it just that's what cannot change. It almost sounds like if uh, you know how the Bible says that God doesn't change. Uh, <laughs> we we almost apply that like Iglesia nunca cambia. The, the yeah, church never yeah. changes. Yeah. Um, something that Richard uh, Molano uh, actually wrote, and it reminded me of something that I saw on Instagram. Um, quarantine also has helped others other people to seek God regardless of beliefs. So the online services or the online church, right? That some some churches cater to sure. now, some somehow help uh, reach others that have never heard the message before. God doesn't. God does work in wonderful ways, and that's absolutely true. Um, on Instagram, uh, there's an Insta church. Okay. Uh, this this church when I first saw it, this was pre quarantine, pre Corona. Okay. okay. Uh, maybe about uh, sometime last year, um, I was a I was a heavy like. What are these people thinking? They're tripping. We're talking about a two-minute song service, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 and and even to one of them, um, a three-minute sermon. Sure. And I was like, how is it that we can, we can uh, um, um, think about that? But then the more I kept watching, the more I, it was, it was a a, a shot of Jesus mm -hmm. within a five-minute period. This okay. was a, a little five-minute church service. Now the church service has doubled. Their membership of church viewers has doubled, mm. but they're doing the exact same thing. And now, now they—I mean, I know, I know that on Instagram now we can put like 15, 20 20-minute uh, messages yeah, on there, right? Yeah. So their services have extended because the need of their audience has grown. Sure, we have a need, uh, and and even and even Angie uh, wrote on that here it says. Um, about the real life issues that, that you were touching on, you know, the young person that's sitting there in the audience and we're talking about Daniel, you know, sure. uh, um, we've lost our ear both to our audience and I even believe to the spirit. 
you know, the spirit will, will tell us the need of our church, of our members. And that will make the message that the message that is found in this book relevant because we'll be able to know what applies to what, you know, and yeah. at times I think when, when we try to t do the work of the spirit, try to try to do the work of, of, of kind of, uh, uh, um, putting that temperature, you know, uh, the temperature gauge on people, we almost, uh, almost start shooting messages, uh, uh, programs out in the dark and it, it's a hit and miss sometimes. And, you know, sometimes it works. Yeah. And, and yeah. in order for us to be more accurate, we need to ask the Lord to be the one to guide us. But look, I, but this is what I, I wanted to say. Oh, Andrew, give me a second here. I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll just speak. I'll make this brief. Um, we have to be intentional mm -hmm. as to how we do these things, right? And, and that word is so important, intentional. We got to look at the needs of our young people and say, what do we do with that? Mm -hmm. We got to look at the, uh, the needs of a virtual world. What do we do with that? Mm -hmm. You brought up, uh, uh, Jason, you brought up uh, David Asherick. Uh, my my two favorite preachers, uh, and I I do I do not hide this at all. Um, currently, right now, David Asherick and Ty Gibson. Mm -hmm. Okay, same. I, I can listen to these guys all day long. By the way, shout out to Dave uh, to David Asherick and Ty Gibson. Their ministry out there, they do is amazing. Here's the thing. You, you, we, uh, Andrew, you were talking about the suit and tie, uh, yeah. and and they don't they don't preach in suit and tie. Okay, they don't, and yet. They reach my heart more than any other preacher at the moment that I can think of. Because you notice that the issue with them is that, and I would argue that they have a conservative message. Very. But they are modernized in their presentation of that message. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is, I think, where we lack at times. And I'm speaking to the Hispanic church because this is what I know, brother. Like, honestly, this is what I know. And... I remember somebody coming up to me, and I'll, I'll end my comment there so you can say what you need to say, Andrew, where someone came up to me after I had spoken to the young people. This is actually a high desert bilingual, just so you guys know, okay? Came up to me and said, how could I be speaking about the Bible to young people without wearing a tie? You see, these are the comments, and I'm not even against ties, man, because if you see me preaching on Sabbath, I'm going to wear a tie, okay? Even through the virtual world, I'm going to wear a tie. I'm not against the tie. It's just that we have closed our minds to a point where we're slowly becoming irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Andrew. I'm sorry. I, I, I just want to say that. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think you guys make great points. And I, uh, the only thing I want to do is kind of uh, uh, touch on the, the opposite side of the coin. Right. Uh, which is wrong. Obviously, I'm, just huh? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was wrong. Right? I'm just kidding. No, the, no, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Martin was saying something uh, interesting because he was saying that he, he's seen this, uh, 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 right, uh, this uh, virtual Insta church, right, sure. where they had one minute sermons, one minute, all these and you had the, the, the same, uh, I guess, how would you say, response that, uh, that I would have had, you know, it's like, what, how is this going to work? How does this, yeah, even, yeah, like, yeah. you know, what I mean, and, and, and this is the things that I, that I struggle with, and I don't know how, if you guys ever struggled with, with these, these ideas, because you think to yourself, the way that God works, through whom he works, you mm -hmm. know, and sometimes we want to judge in some some areas and we we say like oh you know that that's not the right way and and it, it brings to my mind you know like you say a one minute three minute sermon you say can a person even live off a three minute sermon i don't think a person can live off a three minute sermon but the idea is that they've captivated them the person they they've, they've brought uh they put a rock in their shoe if you will right and sometimes people are not not even in the in that place where how do I put this? 
the Holy Spirit calls us all in different places. Sometimes if it's that one minute message, that's just going to get them thinking as opposed to that 30 minute message that they will never even look at, which one would you rather take, right? For that person at that, in his spiritual life, obviously the person who's more mature, who's going to church, who's been in church, he's going to need, like uh, Paul says, you need, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, more milk or what does he say? Uh, what is the statement? Yeah, more, uh, more, more solid food, but you're solid you're food instead, of just, milk, instead yeah. of just milk. You, need, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, that, that same analogy. And, and it gets me thinking, you know, and I want to see what you guys think about all this. Right. Because sometimes I think to myself, right, we see some of these uh, 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 pastors, right, or, or preachers. Have you ever seen these these uh, pastors that, that are like uh, uh, cholo pastors or pastors that are ex like whatever or with these different uh, 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 services that they, the, you know, the, the worship service, how they look. And I think to myself, right, some of one of the questions like God is reaching people through those things. Right. Or is he not? Right. Like and you start to to uh, have these thoughts and you say, well, where where is the line that we draw with these things? Right. When it comes to the music, the service and like how far do we go in bringing I, I want to say dumbing down the message, but uh, uh, bringing the message down, I guess, to I, I don't know if, for, for lack of a better words, if you guys understand what I'm saying. And I've thought these things. Right. So what do you think? I mean, I know there's dangers. There can yeah. be dangers. But what do you guys think? Uh, uh, before, you, I think by by the way, dumb down, yeah. I think you meant to say simplify. So yeah, 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 I didn't. That's yeah. why lack of a better words. I didn't. Want, <laughs> yeah, no, I was just thinking. I was just thinking. Put that list, like, uh, what, word, what word sounds better? Simplify. Simplify. Yeah, yeah. That's why. But, I, was but, like, I don't know how to put it. Yeah. By by the way, before before we go, I know Martin has to go. Uh, you know, duty's out in New York. So, uh, uh, Martin, I don't know if you have a final thing to say. We're just gonna say that we're we're gonna be ending in about 10, 15 minutes, anyways. But uh, any any last word you wanted to say? Oh, or, or at least uh, um um yeah. Uh, I think I think where where we can become, or at least uh, hopefully uh, have an answer to this question about relevancy and or irrelevancy, um, we need to be the we need to be open to what God wants us to do to modernize our presentation mm -hmm. of our message, you know. Um, but but to be guided by the Spirit in finding I guess a filter and how to do that, um, imitating what God has given us as principles and not really imitating what other people are doing you know something that's if our message as adventists is unique why not our way to modernize our message yeah for sure you know for sure i agree well martin we appreciate you being on we know uh there's a time difference there so we'll, we'll be seeing you on the next conversation for sure for sure um uh, andrew what, what, what was your question once again just uh just to um say I mean, it briefly, I mean, briefly no no my my question was you know you see like these um you know, you've seen those preachers, you know, you've all, we've, I mean, at least I've been in that, that, that era, that age, right. Where you hear that, um, that preacher that that's trying to, how would you, like, uh, Jason put it, simplify it so much, so much. So, you know, that they, they try to talk in your language, try to like, uh, uh, you know, uh, you see the, the, um, some of the worship service with all the lights and all these like, like hill song style lights sure. and, and, and like, yeah, you I ask yourselves, you. you know, the, you know, does, God reach people yeah. uh, through this. And I, I believe that God does, but where do we draw the line? Yeah. And when do we draw the line? Like, it, it's just like, I, I, hear you. I hear you. Look, let me, let me, let me give you my input, especially as a pastor. Um, I, I've mentioned this before on the stream. I, I, I consider myself a fairly conservative pastor, but there are things that I am not opposed to. So let's take, for example, lights and a, and a different type of stage in a church. I don't think that's neither bad nor good.
you understand what I'm saying? Like a visual presentation. Uh, we have churches that are full of light. We have other churches that are dark. And I don't think that that, and you know, more one that's more theatrical, more one that's more traditional. We, we keep, we keep trying to label the other side every single time. For the record, that's the same thing with the person who has a church that has this modern look to it, right? Uh, with all the neon lights in the back and everything and, and all that. And they look at the traditional church and, and look down upon it as if we've been left in the past. And then I go to a traditional church and I have no problem going to a traditional church. I, I enjoy going to traditional churches. And I, I, you know, I see the tendency of a traditional church going and looking at that setup and saying, look at that, that's the devil coming into the church. Right. I think I think we're wrong. I think we're wrong in the sense that when we determine what we're going to do in practice, the issue is, is it breaking one of God's principles? Yes or no. A light will not break one of God's principles. A if look, I'm talking to you guys right now. But I've noticed every once in a while I get like a little ghetto slang sometimes. Okay, <laughs> depending, on, depending on who I'm talking to. And I don't think that's bad in and of itself. But if I am destroying the message of the gospel, the message is superior to even music, to the stage, to even the words. Now, I'm not saying you go curse and everything. I'm also not saying, hey, you know what, start start wearing ripped up jeans and uh and 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 start, you know, just getting a bunch of tats and and, and stuff like well, that. Yeah, but you're I'm trying to be relevant, about... relevant. Yeah, but no, no but uh, see, minus the I... tats, minus the tats. What about the ripped up jeans? What you're trying to be, you know, you're trying yeah. to reach out to young people. Yeah, see that that's that I would I would say, look, you gotta look at your context as well. Because for example, my church, I know that I'm not only trying to reach young people, I'm also trying to reach people who are not young. And and all young people church. You know, there's some out there. What do you do? Yeah, look, I, 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 I don't think I'd have a problem with someone wearing jeans and and preaching sitting down and stuff like that. The ripped jeans, though, I've never understood. So I, I just, I just think that's, that's hey, just it's past, past our time. Bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I just, I just don't get it. But, um, I, I mean, you know, I remember going to preach to a church that was very modern, and maybe even you could say liberal in in the sense that we classify things. And I went in a suit and tie, and I don't. I, I think that that presented a barrier, because that's not what was. You know, there's already an, an immediate difference between me and the people. There's a comment here by by Isaura who says that Jesus used examples of the people's times to make the message relevant, and did others in his time see it wrong? I don't know if others in his time saw it wrong, but I do know that he was using the things that the people knew, and he was using the vernacular of the people. He was using the terms that they were aware of. Did he not speak about fish to fishermen? To a society that was around the fish? Did he not speak about the wheat and the tares to people who were dealing and lived off of that? Did he not speak to the Pharisees about their religious issues in the terms that they used? And that's all part of being relevant. Not just that. Like There's instances in the Bible where he uses words from the Greek mythology because he was speaking to people that came from that background. So Jesus, Jesus is technically Jesus was modernizing his message to fit whoever came across him. He was using all kinds of means to reach out to them. And us being Christians, we have got to do the same without compromising any of the teachings. Yeah. And look, and I just want to mention what Richard said right now. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you guys saw it. I'll go really, ahead, Andrew. Say, yeah, that. Andrew, read it. Read it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, as he says, as long as we do not lose the reverence and respect for God is 
is God move is good moving forward? Yeah. And then look, my, me, and, yeah, yeah, go for it. No, because I wanted to say something to that as well. See, that's the other thing, too. Part of the message is to live more holy and reverently before God. You see, one of the issues that we've done is we've made church so casual to the point where even the message is casual. There is no call to change whatsoever in the message. I mean, I've heard these, these sermons where you are a child of God, but yet a child of God must behave differently in the eyes of God. That is biblical, yet we don't hear that. And so it's true. These things need to lead us to something that is different to what's going on in the world. I, I guess I look at it as in the sense of modernizing things as opposed to liberalizing things. I don't believe you should liberalize the gospel. I believe you should modernize the presentation of the gospel. I, and even if you do that, you still will deal with issues of reverence and respect. I wanted to, to mention something because we were talking about, you know, uh, this uh, being relevant, right? And it, it just, you know, God reached people through these different avenues, you know, something that may be shocking for us, you know, may, you know, as some places God is still working, right? And of course, God brings about good, right? Even through maybe not the best methods, right? And I think uh, this uh, next quote from, from uh, Ellen White, where she talks about Paul is huge because, uh, if you guys remember when Paul goes to to Athens and he's in at Mars Hills, right, talking to the people about the unknown God, mm. right? And they said that those people all they did was sit around and 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 talk about uh, nothing but uh, whatever was the latest talk, the the latest philosophies, right? And Paul then goes in there and uses philosophy against them, uses their own uh, sciences against them. Sure. And there's something that she writes that's interesting that that uh, that kind of uh, goes along with what we're talking about here it says this is what what paul uh i mean with uh ellen white writes about paul after this situation says in preaching the gospel in corinth the apostle followed a course different from that which he had marked his labors at athens while in in the latter place he had sought to adapt his style to the character of his audience he had met logic with logic science with science philosophy with philosophy as he thought of the time thus spent and realized that his teaching in Athens had been productive of but little fruit, he decided to follow another plan of labor in Corinth in his efforts to arrest the attention of the careless and the indifferent. He determined to avoid elaborate arguments and discussions and not knowing anything among the Corinthians save Jesus Christ and him crucified. He would preach to them not with enticing words of man's wisdoms, but in the de- demonstration of the spirit and of the power. I find this interesting because Paul, in essence, yeah. as we were saying, he wanted to be all things to all men. He goes to this place and he uses their own tactics against them, right? Their own apologetics against their science. He uses, because he was a learned man, a learned man, as the uh, scripture sure. says, right? And sure. he talks and uses philosophy, all these different things. But he notices that after he goes there, he goes to the next place that he had but little fruit. Is it possible that, yes, while God can use a, a certain style of preaching, a certain style of, of worship to reach people that it is, it can be, it's not as productive as other methods. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was I trying do. Yeah. so much to be relevant that he didn't, his fruit that he could have, the, the, that he could have harvested was not as much as if he would have, you know, preached the gospel and gospel alone. You know what I'm saying? And, and to yeah. me, this, this says that, yes, we have, and this is, you know, we have to be relevant 
and, and, and everything we do, right, and our apologetics and our music, whatever we do. But I think when we start seeing that the effectiveness is not as what God could do, you know what I'm saying? Does, does that make sense? I don't know yeah, if you guys yeah, yeah no, it, may, it makes sense. I understand what you're saying. I, and so, like, when I think about these yeah. the worship services and all these different things, like, yeah, sure, God can reach people to them, but is that the most effective way? Are you bringing the most people to God, if that makes that's, sense? That's the challenge that the church ha faces, right? The idea is what is the most effective way to reach people? It's not about which, let's just try any old thing. That doesn't work either. Right. What is the most effective way? It's funny because I've always had a problem with Ellen G. White's quote, that quote, uh, until recently. And the issue is that we even do this with apologetics today. With apologetics today, you know what we try to do? We try to fight science with science. Okay. No, you can't do that. But you see the difference, though. And you got to you got to read almost between the lines. And what she's saying is that eventually what happened was that he started saying, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to start elevating Christ above all things. Right. The message was to bring people to Christ. We got to ask ourselves, there are many, many different things that we can do, many different strategies that we can do. What is the most efficient way to bring the message of Christ so that people can see it as relevant to their lives? That is the question. It's not, hey, I got this bright idea. Why don't we just start having a rock concert, but just with Christian lyrics? No, it doesn't work like that. That's that's uh, to me, that's playing around with stuff. It's, it's about knowing who you're reaching, knowing what they need and, and knowing what 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 type of presentation will allow Christ to enter and transform and change. Because if at the end, guys, honestly, and I, and I know we got to wrap it up, but if at the end we want to be relevant, relevant for what? What's the purpose of being relevant? Well, the purpose of being relevant is so that more people will give their lives to Jesus. That is the purpose. And as Adventists, even more specific, a relevant Adventist message is one that prepares people for the second coming of Christ. We just got to find yeah. the best way, the most efficient way of doing so. Man, uh, there, there's so much more I want to message uh, mention. I don't know how much time do we have. We, we have uh, two minutes. Oh, man. I wanted to uh, mention these, quote, uh, these quotes from Ellen White, and I, I know I've been mentioning a lot, but I think that what she says is so powerful. It is. And, and and she talks about, have you guys ever read the chapter Modern uh, Revival, some great controversy? Sure, it's just, sure. it's so good. What she writes here says, and it, it speaks to what, what's happening now today. It says, popular revivals are too often carried by appeals to the imagination, by exciting the emotions, by gratifying the love for what is new and startling. Again, sometimes, yes, we have to be relevant, but sometimes we go too far to the extremes, right? where it only appeals to the imagination, the emotion. It says, Com converts thus gained have little desire to listen to Bible truth. When it's all about the, the lighting around us, when it's all about the programming, when it's all about all these other things, these, I, I wouldn't say gimmicks, right? But, you know, I, I don't know what other word to use, but sometimes it says right here, converts thus gained have little desire for Bible truth. It says, little interest in the testimony of prophets and apostles. It says, Unless a religious service has something of a sensational character and has no attraction for them, right? And this is where it goes back to what I was saying, some of these, these styles of preachers, right? A message which appeals to unimpassioned unimpa reasons awakens no response. The plain warnings of God relating directly to the eternal interest are unheeded, right? Mm. I think what she's saying is so true because she says, appeals to the imagination. I literally went to a church, right? 
one of these uh, modern style church. I think I told you uh, before, Mitch, sure. where the man did not open the Bible once. And he says, sure. he told the, the story about this prodigal son. And he said, I want you guys to use your sanctified imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was he there. Retold, I was there. Retold, retold the whole the whole story, right, of the prodigal son, had people in laughs and giggles and all these things. And yeah, to me, it seemed from where I was like a theatrical, right? Of course, it said it appealed to their imagination. It excited their emotion, as Ellen White says, by gratifying the love for what was something new. It says, but the converts gain have little desire to listen mm. to Bible mm. truth. And I think that this happens sometimes when we take it so far to become re relevant that we go to sensationalism. When we talk about the uh, emotional, right? And, and people don't want to hear Bible truth. And Bible truth is what changes. Jesus, the Bible says, yeah. I am the way, the truth, and the life, you know? Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus you know, how are we ever going to change if Bible truth is not something in our, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, I had, there's so much more I wanted to say. There, I just wanted there, to end, uh, say, say that last comment. There, there, there I, is. I think we have to have a part two. Yeah, maybe there, there is for sure. Um, and I think that there's a lot more that can be explored in this topic, but we are running out of time. So, um, uh, Jason, uh, any, any last word? Um, I, to be honest, I mean, some of you heard our music conversation. And one of the things that we said, you have to run the, everything through the biblical lens. Mm. And same thing in this instance, you have to run it through the biblical lens. Is it something that's going to make you, that's going to make you uh, have to change some of your core beliefs as an Adventist, some of the beliefs in the Bible? Is that against it? Is it for it? Mm. Uh, it's not bad modernizing, but we have to run it through that biblical lens. Yeah. Is, yeah. is it okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I would say uh, do everything you can to be relevant except breaking the principles of God. Exactly. Uh, you cannot do that. Uh, we And I would even add uh, you can't change the message either. I mean, the message has been established and it is the most life-changing message there is out there. And so uh, when you think about being relevant, just remember, don't break God's principles. They are there for a reason. They are there to be followed. Uh, and Jaylene says... That Jason, you should have said, what would Jesus do? Oh, by the way, what would Jesus do? Uh, Jesus literally says, this is Ellen White, saying that Christ's method alone will give su true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. So today, Jason, it is applicable for you to say your phrase. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Guys. What would Jesus do? There you go. All right. That's good. That's good. Okay. Anyways, hey, we want to we want to thank everybody that's joined us today. Uh, we appreciate all the comments that came in today. Excellent comments. Uh, awesome comments. A lot of food for thought for us as well to continue these conversations. Uh, next time that we have this conversation, it will be on the new channel. On no new mistakes channel. on my side. Okay. This is going to happen that way. And we'll let you know. We're actually working on trying to figure hey, out I'll, when I'll, the best time will be. I'll believe that when Jason gets a polo. <laughs> no, 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 no. We need him to get a polo. But anyways, uh, Jason, you want to lead us in final prayer? Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's pray, guys. Awesome. Father God, uh, I want to thank you, Lord, for being so good for, to us, Lord. For always being there for us as soon as we call on you. Now, Lord, in a very special manner, I want, I want you to be with every single one of these viewers that we have, Lord. The ones that are watching live and the ones that will watch eventually, Lord. I pray that you allow them to get closer to you and to whatever it is that they're doing, Lord, wherever their life is taking them, that they do not compromise, Lord. That they don't, they don't com 
compromise in their morals, that they don't compromise in their ministry, that they don't com compromise their salvation for whatever it is, Lord. I pray that we as Christians can uphold your truths, Lord, and make them, make them relevant to everybody, but to not compromise anything. Thank you, Lord, for leaving us the Bible where we could learn those truths about you, Lord. And thank you for, for sending your son to die for us on the cross because it's through his sacrifice that we have hope. I ask for all these things, Lord, and in my pray. Amen. 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 Once again, we want to thank everybody for joining us today. Uh, we hope that you were blessed during this conversation. Uh, and honestly, you guys know the only thing that we have to tell you when the world is trying to go crazy with all this relevancy and trying to bring in all these crazy ideas and some work and some don't. And we got five words for you. We always have five words for you. Keep calm. Advent on. Don't forget, connect with our Instagram page. Uh, we're going to have more information for you guys there. God bless. We'll see you next time. God bless, guys.